Alternative Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 180 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. And one of these fucking plague rats finally got me. Um, I would love to blame Kevin <laughs> you know, for giving me COVID over, uh, over a conference call, but I'm pretty sure it was my wife. Because uh, I haven't seen Kevin in like two weeks in person. So, But still, I'd like to blame him. Just... Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. No. <laughs> so anyway, what uh, what do we got going this week? Uh, this week we're covering badass, but it's not really a badass per se. It's more like a little bit of a badass, but with badass people. Okay. Or badass event. Okay. Ish. So, um, so for this episode, uh. I'm doing a badass by myself. It says, yes. um, this one I had, the one I had, like I had I previously looked up one and I was, uh, I was like, uh, okay, I'll do that one. But then while recovering from COVID, I was looking on YouTube and I came across this show called vigilance elite, which everybody should check out. Um, that's the channel, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so I had never heard of the show before, so I said, the hell with it. It might might try to well, watch it, you know, because uh, I saw, like, a little caption of what they were talking about. I'm like, okay, Navy SEAL, whatever. Like, okay, well, hell with it. I'll, I'll watch the little clip. And I watched a little, like, I don't know, 10, a uh, little, a little 15 second clip of, of, uh, what the, of the interview. And I, I found myself wanting to know more about the man's story. Uh, what he was saying, talking about and the man in this situation is DJ Shipley. He was on the show. And so, um, this guy is one of those guys that, not only does he talk the talk, but he walks the walk. Um, and what I mean by that, I'll, I'll get into it. So he was born into a family of warriors. And what I mean by that is that his dad's father, his grandfather, was a World War II pilot, uh, flew planes. And then later on, of, when... You say what kind of planes? Was he like a fighter pilot or a bomber or yeah. what? Yeah, it was a. Uh, I think it was a fighter pilot. That was pretty fucking rad. Um, then he went on to fly like uh, regular commercial flights after the war. Uh, one of his and two of his uncles served in the military. One of them was a, an army ranger, and then went on to uh, work for the CIA to be a counter sniper. <laughs> okay. Uh, his father was a frogman. Or a Navy SEAL, if you know if you don't know what that is. Uh his father joined the Navy in nineteen seventy eight and then in nineteen eighty four he became a Navy SEAL. He was part of SEAL Team One and Two. 
Jesus Christ, that's old school. Yeah. Uh, Not not like there was anything going on at that point in time in the world, really. I mean, other than some Cold War shit, but nothing that the the SEALs would have been involved in. That was all fucking uh, CIA spooks and stuff that would have been doing any any shifty shit at that point. Uh, He was also part of uh, Navy Special Warfare Center, uh, the basic underground demolition slash seals uh he was part of buds at buds yeah um and naval special warfare group two uh nab little creek and uh in virginia as a navy seal advanced training instructor Um, okay that's so he's a bad motherfucker yeah and he actually scary dude train another dudes to be scary dudes (laughs) yep he actually went on to after his career ended, uh, he actually went on to uh, be a contractor for the Navy. Nice. Now, while serving with Seam Seal, S- Seal Team C- Two, <laughs> we start that again. While serving with Seal Team Two, Shipley conducted well, operations well, in Bosnia. Flex Seal Two. Yeah, uh, Shipley <laughs> conducted operations in Bosnia and Liber- uh, Liberia. Yeah. Yeah, watch out for those. Not Libya, but Liberia. Uh, either or. Probably not good places to be, yeah. uh, you know, for either one of them. Uh, he was never actually involved in combat, per se. Um, But he did become the first non-Corman SEAL to graduate from paramedic school. And he served in eight uh, SEAL team, SEAL platoons, and was a uh, platoon chief in five, and awarded the Navy... An army, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he was yeah, not Navy and Army. He was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Medal of Heroism during a search and rescue mission. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of a little bit on, uh, on, uh, DJ Shipley the second. This okay. we're going to be talking about DJ Shipley the third. Uh, so he was. DJ was uh, raised on a farm um, down by the Chesapeake, probably Virginia. He never really said, and I can't really, I could never actually find any information, but just kind of went off of his interview. So, um, that, so he knew the whole time he was growing up that, you know, basically being around seals and, you know, involved with everything that he was going to be a seal himself. Right. When he got older. It was just set in stone. It's in his blood. Uh, there was a while there. He said that he wasn't sure whether he actually did want to be a seal anymore because he decided that he wanted to be possibly be a veterinarian. He spoke with his Those mom. Those are completely and mom. different things. Yes. Um, I want to be a seal with- or I want to work on seals. He spoke with his mom and and his mom. Well, that'd be a biologist. Um, it, it, animal doctors, veterinarian, one way or the other. Yeah, but one doesn't work on you know marine wildlife. If you work at a yeah. zoo, yeah, some do. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, he he talks with his mom, and his mom's like seal veterinarian. Hmm. You know, and he's like, "Yeah, never mind." And so he brushed that aside. 
And he just kind of you know, had his father coming in and going out most of his, you know, most of his, uh, his teenage years. And before that, he just kind of did everything he had to do around the farm. You know, just did what he had to do and then went off and did something else. And you know, during the rest of the day and, well, when he turned 16, he got himself into a little bit of trouble. Uh, and he faced some did. he faced some charges. Well, this was kind of stupid. These were stupid charges. It was parents being assholes. Uh, he had gotten into a fight with some of his friends and reached into one of his friends' pockets, took out their cell phone, and smashed it. The kid's parents got pissed, pressed charges. Um, uh, it's, yeah, understandable. It's destruction of property. Cell phones aren't cheap, you know, and then they got to fucking replace it. Yeah, but most parents don't, you know, go to the yeah. courts and stuff. Yeah, most of them, most would, parents, believe it or not, they would have been like, you fucking asshole. And they would have had the well, not my parents. Yeah. My parents would have, would have gone right. Because well, your them. parents are like, are like not mine. They would have been like, well, your fucking asshole friend broke it. You get to replace it. Yeah, my parents have been like going to your parents and talking with them, not, you know, bringing in the police. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> that's not the case. The The kid's parents pressed charges and he was being charged with assault and attempted robbery all because the cell phone was so costly. And they went to, before the judge, the judge was gonna, you know, hand down a punishment. And the fa- his father stepped in and basically said to the judge, listen, he can't have these charges on his record at all. He's going to go into the Navy and he's going to be a SEAL. And the judge took that into consideration and said, all right. He dropped the charges and basically said, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to buy him a new cell phone and you have community service. It had to have been that little old man judge from, uh, from Rhode Island. You always see on Facebook, like handing out awesome sentences to people. Well, like, you know. Oh, you're you're bringing your grandmother to the hospital. That's why you're speeding. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna take that off your record, and you're not gonna pay anything. You know that guy. Yeah, uh, th- this wasn't in that area, but possibly. Could uh, you, be. you know what I mean, though. Never you know. know what I mean. Yeah, like that guy. So it's fucking awesome. What DJ didn't know was that his father had actually gone to the school also, and after the whole incident happened. And spoke with his principal and his teachers and everything, and actually signed DJ up for summer classes. So he had finished out his, um, his sophomore year of school, or sophomore? No, his junior year. He finished that out. Was immediately went from there directly into summer school, and at the end of summer school in August, he graduated. At 17 and joined mm-hmm. the Navy. Um, the moment he joined the Navy, his father actually retired. So that day, he went to MAPS. And if, if people don't know what MAPS is, MAPS is basically where you go to, um, to uh, do your physical and all that good stuff for, um, for any, any military, you know, right. for military, you have to go there. And then that's where you get, uh, you go actually, and then that's where you go to that, do the physical training and stuff like that. Not physical, physical training, but phys, uh, physical itself. Yeah. 
And then you also get shipped out from maps to wherever you're going. Yeah, that's where they ship you off from there to basic. <laughs> then yep. from there to uh, no, well, fuck, from what basic. Do you call it? Uh, oh, basic a, uh, is from AIS or whatever it is. AIT or well, technic. Well, really, no, because you don't go from maps to. Usually, it's uh, like you go, like my brother, and my dad and my uncle and everybody else. They would go from basic. <laughs> If you're full-time military, you go right from basic to your training. Mm -hmm. But if you're part-time, like my brother was, which was uh, being National Guard, you go back home, and then you you know you do your whatever, and then the next year, you just go from your house to wherever your training is, and then you spend your time there. But most people go from their so. In the case of Shipley, he went from, he did his training, he went from um, his training, Navy training, you know, wherever that was, and then went from there, okay, he actually, during his training, qualified for BUDS training. Right, and that's out to uh, uh, so, Cordona, Cordana, whatever it is out in California. Yeah. So he went from Navy training and three months after he was sent to the West coast. Yeah. Now, before we continue, I've talked about this one little thing that I kind of thought was kind of interesting. So when he graduated from basic, his mom came to the graduation and his dad was actually at the time a contractor, like I had said, when he went, cause I said he, when he went, retired, he became a contractor for the Navy. Right. Well, he was out doing his contracting stuff. But he couldn't be there. The day of his graduation, his mom had, like, picked him up, taken him somewhere. Well, he had to, he had to get back. And he had to actually, like, um, he had to actually run back, like, 15 miles back to uh, base because he was running late. He's like, oh shit, and his, you know, they couldn't get there fast enough, so he ran I all mean, the way back. Pretty sure he can get there faster in a car than well, on Well, he couldn't, but... because this was, I think this was down in uh, Virginia, somewhere like that, where, busy area. So, <clears throat> day after graduation, his mom actually took him and his friends out uh, for breakfast, and then after breakfast, directly right after... She then made him go <laughs> and run the obstacle course, so that so that she could take pictures for her fa- for her husband. Oh, for fuck's sakes! I'd have been like, yeah. "Mom, fuck you!" No, he yeah. he's been through it. He knows what the fucking <laughs> obstacle course looks looks like. <laughs> now, but she she was bought into this. Okay, she was a um navy wife, you know, seal wife. Oh well, yeah, knew everything. You know, because she her family was uh, military as well, so you know it, it was she's in. So, um, he goes to SEAL training, and he gets rolled over a few times, uh, but eventually graduates. So, what I mean by being rolled over, like he fails at something, and they don't kick you out; they just put you back in class. You fucking, yeah. 
and then they you know, just rolled him over a few times, you know, back to different class and just made him repeat it. He said that um, one of the times was just because he got bad advice. He was like, I shouldn't have just listened. But, you know. Yeah. Well, he got his he, – he did eventually graduate, and he got his trident, and he became a SEAL. Um, Right after graduation, he goes to – and he, at this point, he's 19 years old Yeah, when he graduates. He goes to Kodiak, Alaska for winter warfare training. Ooh. And while, yep. And while there, uh, his whole group is asked who wanted to join – a team to be deployed and they needed 10 guys all volunteers all the people that volunteered were those 19 and under because well they had nothing to do you know we're kids you know we don't have wives and all that stuff you know families we don't have to worry about that so um he at this point he joined seal team 10 and is off on his first deployment. And he's going to Iraq. Oh, not a fun place. <clears throat> yeah. And he got to actually mesh with his team for a short period of time before deploying. And that short period of time was August to March, which is not really a long time, but, you know, it's long. No, long. not to get to know people that, you know, no. you're going to depend on in a life or death situation. Yeah. Exactly. So he was deployed um, to Baghdad. Now he was to Baghdad actually before my dad was. Um, he was there. <clears throat> so this is like the 2006, two, uh, 2005, 2006 period. Yep. And he goes there. Uh, he's doing raids on buildings and taking out people. And, you know, he said that every day that they would go out, he they would just be waiting for them to be hit by an IED. And each time they wouldn't get hit. And you know, it, it, he also mentioned that like because I, I remember my dad mentioning this. And I was like, oh wow, okay, that is you know, you know, kind of their stories jive that there was uh, one way out and one way back in from the fob. Um in Baghdad, so, you know, it, everybody traveled the same route. My dad probably tra- traveled the same route <clears throat> when he was in Baghdad. Because, you know, go out, come back in, and there was possibility of, you know, getting blown up in that in that whole stretch. But, <clears throat> as he said, he never, never got hit, but he heard often that uh, people... Um, would actually be hit, yeah. IDs and you know RPGs and all this stuff, but they never had it. And w- during this whole time, he actually wondered if people actually lived in the city. And the, <laughs> re- <laughs> the only reason why he said that was because when he'd go out at night, because of the curfew being so stringent, he didn't see anybody at all. Yeah, he said no when, shit. When he, um. When he was there, like he would see like some guys up on top of roofs and stuff. And they're like, "Aren't we worried about them?" They're like, "Oh no, no, they're um, don't worry about them. They're probably uh just uh, neighborhood watch." Um, 
Now, while he was there, just a bunch of fucking Iraqi dads out there in their <laughs> New Balances. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you goddamn kids! That comes with my lawn again. Well, my dirt again, and I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, during his de- this deployment is when the biggest Navy SEAL loss in SEAL Team history happens. Oh yeah. Uh. That's in, uh, which actually doesn't happen in Iraq. It actually happens in Afghanistan. Afghanistan, yeah. That event is Operation uh, Red Wings, which I actually will go over in the Patreon episode. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, they're uh, one of the guys we actually could cover as a badass himself. Um, that's That was the lone survivor. Was this the, uh, 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 fuck, uh, Marcus Luttrell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to cover that. So he doesn't uh he doesn't really actually know the full scope of what happens. He just knows that something bad has happened and that, you know, shit's hit the fan in Afghanistan. But he doesn't yeah, really it was not know. Good. Yeah, he doesn't really know like the f- everything fully. And he doesn't actually know this and know the full scoop on everything until he actually gets back to stateside and is gearing up for his uh, second deployment to Iraq in 2007. So he learns about everything in 2006. Um, You know, late 2006. So now, um, so let's, let's take a little quick break. I know it's probably early in. I don't know how long it's been, but let's take a little quick break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll finish it off. All right, so we're back. Now, we had just finished off. They had just finished their... DJ just finished his first deployment in Iraq. Hadn't seen anything really going on. You know, business was normal. Not really strenuous, but, you know... This time around, though... He's in country in 2007. And this is actually... uh, I believe he's either... They are the same time as my dad, or just after my dad. I think he may have been like my my dad and him may have been in Iraq about about, about the same time. I'm not really a hundred percent, but um. <clears throat> so he is stationed just outside of Fallujah. <laughs> But operating. Oh, that's a, a very, very bad fucking place to be. Yeah, especially like uh, with uh, 2007. You said. Yeah. Yeah, I seem to remember uh, specifically that being a very, very not fun year to be in Fallujah. Yep. Uh, oh, but probably he, still not fun, but really bad then. No. So uh, he's operating out of a, a place called Karma. And oh. And one yeah. night <clears throat> they were out on patrol. And they knew that something was going to happen because like, they got this like spidey sense going on that yep. shit was just going to ha- go down. Yep. But they just didn't know when. Actually, something... another guy that we another guy that we covered was uh, was in Fallujah at the same time as this. Um, we talked about when I covered uh, David Bellavia on the Veterans Day episode we did last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was. Yeah. This. Yeah, he was there at the same time, and it was not a fucking great place for anybody. Um, no. 
I'm sure you're going to go into a bit more detail on that, but there's something like a giant fucking mass exodus of of civilians in the area that were like, nah, we got to get the fuck out of here because it's about to get really bad. Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into detail about, you know, Fallujah itself. I'm just going to go about, you know, talk about what the, what he had to deal with because he only has to deal with certain stuff. Right. So, um, so during the whole time, they were on their march. They're going to go to a building where they had intel that, um, you know, about a guy, people, they had to go in and they had to, you know, or some people, they had to go in and take them out, you know, just get, you know, just remove them. Well, right. Um, they're, they're, so, so they're, they're walking, you know, through the streets and everything. And the whole time, they're going building the building, and they're being told that there's guys on roofs. And they're like, oh, shit, this isn't good. This is not good at all. Well, no. Uh, the people that they're going after are actually in an Iranian cell. And DJ said during the interview that they were far different fighters than the others. I'm guessing probably better trained. Yeah, what I meant by the I think what he meant by the others were I think he meant uh the like Taliban and ISIL and all them. You know, I think he Well, this is pre ISIS, so I would have been like Taliban, uh uh Al Qaeda, that that neighborhood. Yeah. Well yeah, so I, I think that's who he was referring to, but he didn't really say. But I think that's you know the inference. So they get to the building that they're going to and they make a soft entry. They clear the door and you know, get in, clear the first floor. Um, he says this is like um, most like if, if you've seen like a most like warm places, like as far as how the building's set up, it's basically yep. like a courtyard in the center and like rooms on the outside. So it's like a block, like a, like a square. With like rooms on the outside, but like an open center. Yeah, it's like a quad almost, like in a college. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, they clear it, and he goes strictly up. He's going up to the roof, and he never makes it to that that to that roof at all, which is a you know good thing because well now it, it, I'll, and I'll explain why it's a good thing. So. This is where shit gets real hairy, because what he doesn't know is that that you know why he doesn't make it up to the uh, uh, to the roof, and it being a good thing is that there's a guy on the other side of the roof that is hiding behind a bunch of sandbags with a fucking PKM. Okay. Yeah, that's not a fun thing. No, and the guy has a suicide vest that. Um, laid on the floor on the top of the stairs to the roof. And the guy has a so, fucking. Dead, anybody... a, a, the guy has a, oh, a switch in his hand, waiting for someone just to come at him, and he was gonna fucking blow it. So, anybody not super familiar with firearms, a PKM is uh, is basically like a it, it's it's an AK forty seven on steroids, except it's belt fed and it's firing a. Uh, seven point six two by five four R, which is a commie three oh eight round, and it's got a 
pretty impressive cyclic rate. Like it, it, it'll fucking rip off some rounds like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, and they will they will ruin your fucking day very very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and suicide yeah, vest. That's pretty self explanatory. That's uh. Yeah. You know. Shit goes boom. Fuck y'all. I'm gonna make myself go boom. You know. Yeah. So the guy's got the switch in his hand, and they don't know anything about this. Okay. Um. So DJ pops up to the landing, the second floor landing. And he sees this guy fucking sprinting at him. Another guy. And the guy opens fire on him with a 45. And DJ is like, fuck you. Foop up fucking fires at the guy. And takes out the guy. Eat my nuts. <laughs> now, at this point, DJ doesn't realize that the other um, doesn't know about the other guy. And he doesn't know that. And he also doesn't know that one of the rounds that the guy with the 45 that hit him, that shot at him, actually hit him. He actually hit him in the chest, center mass. Okay. But that plate. But he gets bolt locked, okay? So he's, you know, so he doesn't go any further. He's like, oh, fuck, bolt lock. So he drops his mag, picks it up, puts it in his pouch, uh, slaps another uh, mag into his M4. And goes down to one knee and calls for everyone to fall back. And he says, oh, shit, we got to get, you know, we should fall back. So they fall back to the backside of the building. And um, which is a good thing because they actually were given some bad intel, according to DJ. Because what he later found out was that was about the suicide uh, vest and the guy with the PKM. That and the guy that he actually had shot because yep. he had found out that he actually found out the guy that he shot was actually waiting for him at the top of the fucking stairs, just waiting for him to come and sh- so he could shoot the first soldier. <laughs> and that didn't work out so hot for him, did it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody like fucked up, fucking while he was sitting there. You yeah, know? somebody, somebody fucked up on Intel. But they made up for it soon. So they are they rally back together, and that is when the grenades start fucking coming off the roof. Never a uh, good sense. It's when the grenades started. Yeah. They begin return, you know, lobbing grenades back up at the enemy. And this goes on for a while, and they know this isn't going to end what good for them at all. Because eventually there Iraq, there's a there's a Iraqi no. guy that's uh with them says I know who this is and they're like who is it he says it's my cousin they tell him to get his fucking ass <laughs> up there and fucking talk to the guy tell him to fucking come out well it doesn't work out so well for the fucking other guy because he goes up talk to his cousin walks up gets his pokes his head up uh just above the fucking uh uh up to the roof line mm. wow oh, i know where this is going head explodes he fucking domed <laughs> his, his yeah his own fucking cousin oh, kills him. poor dumb idiot and the grenades continue and they knew they had to get the hell out of there because the enemy was starting to surround them so tj said that 
a new guy, one of the new guys, said it was a badass motherfucker, steps up. He's got a fucking saw. Okay. Saw is uh yes. um it is it's a machine gun, but you can, you know, but you can you know it's not mounted. It can be, yeah. but now this particular case it doesn't have to be. And so he fucking squ- yeah. He lays down a cover fire. He fucking pulls up wah, 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 and allows everybody to get the fuck out. And he goes. Those things are weird too, because you, you can you can feed a regular AR fifteen magazine into the side of it instead of using the drum on the bottom too. Which why the I'm fuck not, you'd want which why you'd want thirty rounds when you could have a hundred, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but Oh, I I've uh, I've seen where it, it's got a, a um where the I want to say it's where the bolt stays open when it fires. You can put a magazine there, I think, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I I'd have to ask my brother. He was actually a uh he was um he was a uh something mic or whatever that I don't know what the uh, there's a there's a a term for it like he's qualified on it like a 34 a... bravo or or something something mike i don't know whatever the hell it is but um he was he he could shoot those he could use them he knew how to work uh a saw so anyway now at so at this point dj still has no idea at all that he actually has been hit um he relates it to the fact that his adrenaline is pumping so high that he actually doesn't feel a thing at all. Didn't realize that he had actually been hit. Didn't realize anything. All he knows is that his weapon keeps bolt locking and that he had his, uh, his finger had actually got caught on one of his mags because it had actually been hit by a round in which he doesn't know that. Either. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, so they get to the chopper. Which is probably why his weapon's not cycling correctly. If it got hit. Yeah. So they get to the chopper and take off. Uh, they address all the wounds and everything. and w- no, Nobody's really bad. You know, not tremendously bad. Um, so on the chopper, he tries to check out his magazine. He's looking through his night goggles, his nods, as he refers to them. And he can't mm-hmm. make out, well, you know, what what's going on with it. So he just disregards it until they get back to the ready room. And he takes off his gear. And he begins to examine everything like you know, they're supposed to. And he checks out the mag again. And he asks one of the other guys, he's like, what the fuck is this? You know, the guy goes, like, that looks like a round, a hole from a round. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, the oh, shit moment sets in for him because that oh, shit moment was because the bullet had gone through the mag, okay? Now, he was presented out. And he doesn't know how, till, still to this day, how the guy fucking got around through. But it did. He said he was presented up. He's got, you know, he's in his firing position. And the round comes through. Now, in his front, we don't, what we don't know, is, but he goes on to say, is that he's got this little nifty pouch in the front of him. That has explosive charges in it. Hey, well, shit. the blasting caps are exposed. And he kind of just barely missed one of the fucking blasting caps. And lucky, lucky, lucky. Yeah, because if it hit him, it would have been lights out London. 
uh, um, it would have been fucking lights out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they're if they're piled up like they just come through a door. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been fucking done. So yeah, no doubt. Uh, he said he actually didn't feel a thing though until the next day. Um, because he said he felt like you know when he got up, it felt like he just did too many uh, sit ups or something. It was just you know, you know, just just that. Yeah. Um, but he said that uh, he spoke with some other guys that you know the guys in back of him. And they said that he knew he got shot. They knew he got shot, but um, the only reason why they knew that was because he kind of like when he got hit, he moved back a little bit. So it's kind of like whoa. Yeah, and he's sore because he probably has fucking bruised ribs. Yeah, because he got corked in the chest with a forty-five at what seems to be a fairly close distance. Yeah, he's lucky it didn't break any ribs, and it may have, but who knows. No, it didn't. It didn't break anything. He was perfectly fine. Yeah, so lucky. that's now, a, lot, a lot of kinetic energy to go straight back after it hits that. Yeah, you know, because uh, it's uh, what are they like, one hundred and seventy-five grains, some shit like that for a uh, forty-five round. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of force, and it's only gonna, it can only go one direction, and that's you know into you, and it hurts. Yeah. I would assume I've never been shot, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so now let's jump ahead to September 10th. This is a day that he'll never fucking forget because this is the day they go back into the lion's den. They are going back into the same exact area that they were for the previous mission. Oh, son of a bitch. And to be exact, they were going two houses down from where the previous mission took them. Uh, They're going to go capture a guy. Okay. Now, they knew now what type of resistance they'd be having. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to go in. We're going to roll in fucking heavy. You know, we're going to. Now they know. What they've come into, what they've, what they're expecting, because they've already been there. Yeah. So they're coming in fucking hard. Yeah. So they land. You brought at the more house. grenades than you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So they land at the house in Helos, and they go in, fucking get, you know, this guy's supposed to be in there at the place, fucking bust in. There's nobody there. the The place is completely empty. At that point, they get told that actually the guys had, had, that were supposed to be there had actually gone out back. So they go out to the back of the building, and they see that it's a field, okay? Fresh plowed field, and right in a smack dab in the middle is about 500 yards of this, like, six-foot-tall grass. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, according to DJ, it's like so thick that you can't really see through it. It's full of velociraptors. I've seen how those movie works. Yeah. So they switch the comms over to the basically the eye in the sky. You know, kind of like if, if anybody's ever seen uh, Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Where there's, you know, Super 6-4, you know, you know, requesting permission to do blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, like, no, you, know, you see the two fucking 
generals or whoever the fuck they are, like, no, 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 Super Six Four, you can't turn do that. that. Radio off. Yeah, he's afraid. So, he's afraid they'll shoot. Him. I'll fucking shoot him myself. He doesn't turn the radio off. So they're like, <laughs> um, like okay, you know, all right, let's fucking um. Now they switch their to to the eye in the sky. So now a few of the guys actually didn't switch it over. Switch their comms over because I don't know why they must have got told or whatever. So, um, they, they go into the grass, okay? And, because they, they, that's where they told her that the guy that they're looking for is. So, they link arms and proceed into the grass. Now, they're relying like they're on... for a missing kid. Yeah. So, they're relying on updates coming in into them. And they know that the guy is in the field with a weapon and... Likely he'll open up on them, you know. They're prepared. They're like, okay, you know, we're probably gonna get fucking laid into. We're gonna get shot. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, now I think I forgot to mention that they were wearing night vision, which I think yeah, I'm probably sure I did. And that's a, yeah. That's a, and that's but, that's one of those things like one of the little tiny advantages that we point in time before. uh um, you know, a disastrous pullout game happened in the Middle East, and now they have night vision. They didn't have night vision, and we had just that one little advantage. Like they knew the area better than than we did, but we could see in the dark. Well, this particular you night, know, they they couldn't uh, really see in the dark. Okay, this was the particular night where I didn't know this, but they didn't have a full moon. And as GG said in his interview, yeah, so, when there's no light coming from something uh, for the night vision, night it vision actually work. sucks. It, it sucks completely. Yeah, it, so it doesn't work told, as well because you have to have that uh, um, like ambient light from somewhere to yeah. filter it through the lenses. So if you're yeah. pitch black, they don't fucking work. No. So uh, they get told that they're, you know, they're walking through. Okay. And they get told 15 feet. Then you're standing on top of him. They're looking around. They're like, we don't fucking see this guy. Comes back into the comm. Third guy from the right. You're standing on him. Third guy from the right is like looking around. I don't fucking see this guy. So the leader, team leader says, fuck this. You know, we're basically just fucking sitting ducks here. And he makes an audible and moves DJ's element, um, you know, meaning group, out into right to, into the field. And another element of three other guys, because they're not switched over on comms, doesn't realize that they moved away. So they're still out there. So, okay, so let's set the picture up. So we've got DJ's group out in the field. Okay. They're standing around in a fucking little gaggle talking, trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Right. Got this guy who's about six feet into the grass laying down. And then you got these three other guys and they're, they're like, oh shit. Okay. 
well, how the hell do we get those guys? You know, we didn't switch over the comms over to us. And they're, you know, how we gonna link up with them and everything else. So then the team leader stops everybody and he thinks he's hear something. I think here's the guy laying down in the grass. So he calls out to him and says, hey, nah, wrong fucking move. It wasn't him. It was a guy in a belt fed, and the guy opens up fucking fire. Like, fuck it. Yeah, he that's goes, a bad move. He's like, it's, it was like something out of a goddamn movie. We all just fucking, boom, hit the ground. DJ says he sees a tree about 30 feet from him. And he takes off of that fucking tree. Baseball slides down. On a, he goes on all out sprint. The fucking rounds are hitting all around him. Grass is coming up. You know, dirt's coming up. And he all, gets gets to the tree. Fucking lays down. Baseball slide down. He gets on his back behind the tree. And the guy fucking just opens up on the fucking tree. And Jesus. he's lighting the tree up. Well, um... He's on his back waiting for the guy to stop, and the guy does stop, and he goes back to shooting at the other guys. So while DJ is waiting behind the tree, he sees the JTAC, which is the Joint uh, Terminal Attack Controller. They Basically, are. He's, uh, he's the he's the guy that holds he holds the fucking uh, he has the communication to the air support. Yeah, they're uh, Air Force like special forces on the ground guys. Uh, you um, have like JTAC, and then you have the PJs who are their. Uh, uh paramedic jumper some shit like that but they're pretty bad motherfuckers like they can hold their own well this guy he's hiding behind a tire okay now this isn't any any old normal tire it's it's a tractor tire right kind of you know sits kind of high a little bit higher than a normal tire but it's still just a tire and (laughs) this is when uh dj says he has his little black hawk down moment you remember this one? The scenario of, you know, he's DJ sees him and he's like, I got an opening, come to me. Fuck you, like, come to fuck, me. <laughs> no, fuck you, come to me. Yeah. So <laughs> DJ goes, All right. Fucking boom. Goes right to the JTAC guy. And both of them now are behind the tire at this point. Um, Now, before this, the squad leader actually. Uh, actually gets shot in the head. He actually gets hey. shot multiple times. He gets shot in the fucking head. He gets shot through the, I think it's like through the jaw, and then oh, they take that. off his. They take off his fucking nose. Oh. Nose is just fucking hanging. And DJ thinks fuck. the guy's dead, but, but he's not yeah. dead despite being shot. You know, so many times. So DJ and the uh, t- a JTAC guy. Know that they have to get to the other guys and get them back to the tire. So they get, you know, some back. This is when a guy runs out, makes a fucking heroic move. He calls him Maddie. I don't think this is a guy's real name, but he says that Maddie goes out, grabs the Corbin, okay, and begins to drag his ass back. So he's dragging him. The Corbin takes out his pistol. And begins just fucking blunt, you know, firing. Pow, 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 pow. And 
Maddie already had been hit. But, you know, before he went out, he go, you know, so he's dragging him back. He gets hit again, spins him down. Fuck, he, he goes down on the ground. Maddie gets back up and takes and starts dragging him again. This is the point where a bullet then comes. It fucking shattered, shatters his uh, humorous. Not, not humorous. His uh, femur? No. No, his humorous. Yeah. One of his bones in his arm. He fucking shatters it, okay? It makes his basically his fucking arm, the lower portion of his arm, go flopping up over. over his, right up over his head. Fuck. And the guy thinks that his, you know, Maddie thinks that his fucking arm's been taken off. Because he looks down and you know, through his night vision, he just seems like a stump. He doesn't know that it's hanging behind his head. Fucking a. The corpsman gets shot as well in the leg, and the bullet goes through both his fibula and tibula, shatters his fucking Eesh. leg. Uh, they get yeah. back to the tire, and DJ and the JTAC guy begin to stack up everyone and put plates on them, and you know, hands over mouths, tell them to shut the fuck up. You know, if you, if you don't make noise, the guy can't fucking, you know, doesn't know where we are, so we can't, he has fire right. Now, <clears throat> the uh, the team lead is like, all right, we know what the fuck we need to do. You know, I know what needs to happen. We need to have air support. And he calls up air support and says, bring the fucking rain. Yes. And they say, no. No. That's too close. You're too close. Yeah. You're well, gonna... fucking and, sometimes you got to. And he, the response he gives for it is, we're dead either way. Well, air support lets it rip. And they they walked in the, into the target. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And fucking finally poof, took out the fucking guy. Took him right out. DJ said that each time they heard a whoop whoop. And you feel the you could feel each time the, the rounds hit that they get fucking lifted off. And as they got closer, the higher they got lifted off the ground. Yeah, because that was probably what, like those twenty five <laughs> mil guns on the on the plane, or is it uh are they the grenades they're shooting down at them? Uh probably uh, the rounds uh, serbo rounds or whatever, fucking coming off the, the, the yeah, that's the, that. Okay, bop, bop, bop. Those so, are, those are pretty fucking spicy. Like those are moving fast and they're big. <laughs> yeah. So they took out the enemy, and Elos come in for extraction, and DJ says this is the fucking fastest I've ever flown back to uh to the fob. Ever in a helicopter. No fucking doubt. Get he goes, the hell out of there. He goes, those fucking Blackhawks were in full attack mode. Meaning by attack mode, I mean they were tilted up and fucking going. Yeah. Just yeah, balls to the balls. He goes, I almost, I almost thought I was going to fall out. We had to close the doors. Holy shit. Yeah. So they're uh, fucking cranking too. Those, those things will do a couple hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Which is so, fucking got to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so... so yeah, they they make it through all this and everything, and um, so got one more little thing I want to talk about with you know, another mission that he was on that he talked about. 
and this one was fucked up. Like, like talk about fucked up Intel being Intel being captured or Intel being had and then given and it be totally fucking wrong. Uh, Okay. So that's never happened before. Nah, they go to, um, they have to go to South Africa and there's this guy down there that they need to get. They're told this is a presidential order. We want this guy. You fucking take him. We don't want him dead. You shoot him. We don't, you know, he gave this line. He said this line of, uh, what is it? Um, you could, sh- you, we don't want you to shoot him. You know, we don't want one bullet to go into him and kill him. We'd rather have, you know, multiple bullets go into him and him survive. So <laughs> at all costs, make him, you know, bring his ass back. Okay, it's supposed to be some yeah. bungalow where he goes to. Well, <clears throat> they get dropped off offshore. So they have to swim in. This is South Africa. Fucking great white sharks. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of fucking we'll great. <clears throat> he gets in there. They get in. They get into where they need to be. And they um, go into their, go into this place. They actually have to, you know, make entry into it. Get up over the wall. Well, they realize that you know, there's a string that kind of runs across. I think they go, later on, it was like, oh, I must have went to a bell because sentries got alerted. Fucking gunfire starts. They get up to the place and they realize, oh, fuck. They know we're coming. They're expecting us. Yeah. This, this place is a fucking fortress. You know, fucking everything. So they've got like three floors or two floors and a roof. So, you know, one, one team is down below. Next team goes up to the second floor and another team goes up the roof. Each team's taking fucking fire from inside. They're like, oh shit. Well, he, uh, he goes up to this, you know, this door and they want to go in, but his fucking guy in a belt fed that's sitting at the end of the hallway, behind some sandbags, fucking unloads on him. Just fucking whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, it's Just... it's good tactically, though. Yeah. Um. And he, uh, look, okay, we, we gotta try to do something here. You know, we're getting chewed up. So they have to, like, so they take some uh, blaster plaster, stick it on the fucking, you know, on the doorway. They put a, and they put another charge on. And at this point, they've got so many grenade rounds coming out at them, and landing really close to them. They actually their their uh their eardrums get blown out, and they're like, <laughs> and and they're like, well, fuck it, we gotta blow this. We gotta you know try to get lob something in there to, so we can get the fuck out of here because we're fucked, you know. And we got uh, we know that there's. You know, more enemy coming at us. Yeah. Um. And he goes, and, th- and this is like the point where he said, "Uh, he goes, you know, the movie Black Hawk Down." The guy's like, you know, and the viewer's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "That's the most realistic fucking movie I have ever seen." He goes, "The way that shit happened, that's the way it is." And he was gonna call them animals. The way the 
the Somalians were. But he yeah, he was I, being cool about it. Understandably, he was like. But I mean, if you eh, yeah, you I'm see like, the shit oh. that happened in the movie where like um, it was either uh, Shigar or Gordon, whichever the the son that died in the helicopter, where that dude's just that this that's the one scene in that movie that's really hard for me to watch where that dude's just walking in and just fucking yeah. putting rounds in him as he's coming at him. Yeah. I understand where they where they draw that comparison for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they have to fucking, you know, they blow the fucking door and and they basically get the fuck out. But you know, the whole time that they're fucking booking it out, that guy that cuz they when they blew the door it only blew like a little small portion because there was actually like a, a piece of steel there. So they only blew a small portion. The yep. guy fucking threw a grenade in or a, a, a percussion grenade. And he thinks that, you know, it would have fucking went off and, you know, stunned the guy, knocked him out, killed him, whatever. Nope. Must not have because the guy fucking, that belt fed just kept fucking firing. Just blah, 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 blah. It's firing right through. They have to bust through the gate and get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, they're shot to Jesus shit. Christ. I mean, fucking bleed. Like, they got fucking snot running out of their noses. Fuck everything. Like, it, it, it was bad. Yeah, get your them. eardrums fucking. Oh, the. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. So. Yeah, this turned in. <clears throat> so, yeah. So that's pretty much, uh, you know. Some badassery of uh, DJ Shipley the Third, you know. From, and actually, yeah, and actually, uh, well, before I, before I uh, finish up, so he he actually goes from at this point, um, he's actually gone from SEAL Team, like ten or whatever it was. He's actually on SEAL Team Six at this point. So he actually gets on to SEAL Team Six, the big dogs. Yeah. And uh, um, so yeah, I did so. find something kind of interesting when I, I was just trying to find a picture of him to put up with uh, with everything. Um, <coughs> he now apparently has dedicated his life to rooting out <laughs> and fucking like making the lives miserable of these dickheads that carry out this fucking uh, like uh, stolen valor bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh. It's kind of awesome. I guess at some point in time, he called a bunch of people out on Facebook and he's been banned from Facebook for it, which is fucking stupid. You know, he's yeah. he's doing he's doing a good thing by saying, uh, no, 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 you're you're not uh, not who you say you are. You are taking credit away from people that actually did stuff because you are trying to get some sort of fucking attention by putting this uniform on, even though you've never worn it. You're yeah. just trying to make, you know, you're trying to get some attention for yourself, and that's not okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of awesome. I like seeing assholes get what they deserve. Yes. So. Crazy fucking shit. So, yeah, yeah. so that's that's kind of a badass and, you know, and his team and his teams. Fuck yeah. You know, shit they had to go through. So. It's kind of something, something a little bit different. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, before we go too much further, though, I'm going to roll for you for next week. How's that sound? For a week okay. after next, I'm sorry. Next week's me, but we'll uh, we'll do this so you can actually I'm ready. see. I'll roll. I'll roll. Ready and 
roll. Okay. Paranormal, sir. Okay. okay. So, oh, you get to go back. You get to go do some paranormal shit this week, this coming week after, uh, after I do my history thing, which I am still trying to, I've got a couple that I'm like, I'm, I'm torn, you know, uh, I found a really cool siege, but I don't know if that's something we want to do or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But air abnormal. I've got the rest of the week to figure it out. So, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so since you did a bunch of talking, why don't you take a break? And while okay. Kevin's taking a break, why don't you go over to studio and find some headphones or some earbuds that catch your attention? You toss them in your cart. At checkout, you put in 15. You put in, uh, oh, Jesus. At checkout, you put in Dark Windows 15. And it'll get you 15% off your entire order. Uh, be it the headphones, the uh, earbuds, a speaker, any combination of the three. Um, they will hook you up with some really, really high quality shit. Um, you can also go over to ageofradio.org where you can listen to every episode of this bullshit we've ever recorded. And you can also find your next favorite podcast at age of radio, because there is something for everybody there. They've got, we've got uh, obviously the boilerplate kind of true crime stuff that, that everybody likes because true crime's fun. We've got history. We've got, um, paranormal which you know kind of like what we do and there's a couple other shows that do that as well um you got mysterious circumstances which falls into a category of its own and nobody does anything quite like justin does um there is sports there's beer nerd shit there is like movies and music anything you want motivation we got it go give it a listen um you can also find us directly on facebook we are at the dark windows podcast on facebook uh dark windows pod on twitter and instagram um i'm on facebook my name is kev carlton on facebook i'm on the page quite frequently uh, the man you just listened to talk for a whole bunch his name is kevin hire he's on facebook also um if you want to find me on instagram i am at kevin sucks at stuff and uh he is at uh speedy 802 which is s-p-e-e-d-i-e 802 on Instagram, and I'll tell you so he doesn't have to. He'll just see pictures of his dog. <laughs> <coughs> yes, you'll see pictures of my dog. Yes, and you'll see pictures of a rifle that I still have not finished putting back together because laziness is a thing um, on mine. But uh, anyway, we're going to record some Patreon shit now. Also, go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. And uh, or five splash. Bucks. yes, <laughs> for five dollars a month, you'll get an extra episode a week. That's not a bad trade off, I don't think. Um, episodes are a bit shorter for Patreon than they are on our regular stuff. Uh, we try to keep them to you know anywhere from 15 minutes to half an hour, somewhere in there. I'm assuming at some point in time we'll have one that bleeds over to the hour mark, but who knows? That'll have to be something you know, weird, but um, it'll probably yeah, be but, just but, an extra special one. Yeah, or just us bullshitting and fucking around like normal. Because, uh, spoiler yeah. alert, the uh, the Patreon episodes don't get edited. So anytime one of us mouth fucks something, you'll hear it. Or the stupid shit that we talk about in between uh, sentences, you'll hear that as well. So, yeah. But the only way to hear that is to give us $5. So, 
there's that. But anyway, until next time, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't <clears throat> see into you. Bye-bye. Go- goodbye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.